0: Chapter twenty six of Silas Strong, Emperor of the Woods by Irving Batchelor. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter twenty six next day master went to Tilbury for his mail, a walk of some twenty miles. He lingered for a while near the shore of Buckham on his way, but saw nothing of her he loved. Two fishermen had arrived at Strong's and the Emperor had taken them to spring holes in the lower river. After supper that evening he built a big fire in front of the main camp and sat down beside the fisherman with Saki and Sue in his lap. Darkness had fallen when Dunmore strode into the firelight. "'Dwellers in the longhouse,' he said, removing his cap, "'I am glad to sit by your council fire.' had supper strong inquired no give me a doughnut and a piece of bread and butter i'll eat here by the fire he took the children in his arms while strong went to prepare his luncheon i love and fear you said he you make me think of things forgotten of late socky had thought much of the general subject of grandfather's he knew that they were highly useful members of society. He had seen them carry children on their backs and draw them in little wagons. This fact had caused him to put all able-bodied grandfathers in the high rank of ponies and billy-goats. His uncle Silas and Robert had been out of camp so much lately that they had been of slight service to him the thought that a grandfather would be more reliable had presented itself and he had broached the subject to little sue how they were acquired whether they were bought or catched or just given away to any who stood in need of them neither had a definite notion on this point the boy went to his aunt for counsel she told him laughingly that they were spoke for in a sort of proposal like that of marriage. He had begun to think very favorably of Mr. Dunmore, and timidly put the question, "'Are—are are you anybody's grandpa?' "'No.' "'Maybe you'd better be my grandpa,' the boy suggested soberly." "'Maybe,' said Dunmore with a smile. "'We could play horse together when Uncle Silas is away,' was the further suggestion of Socky. "'Why not play horse with your sister?' "'She's too little. She can't draw me.' "'Grandpas don't make the best horses,' Dunmore objected. "'Yes, they do,' Socky stoutly affirmed. May Butler's grandpa draws her round everywhere in a little cart. "'Well, that shows that old men can be good for something,' said Dunmore. "'Where's your wagon?' Socky ran for the creaking treasure. "'Now, get in, both of you,' said the white-haired man. Socky and Sue mounted the wagon. Dunmore took the tongue peg in both hands and began to draw them around the fire. Their cries of pleasure seemed to warm his heart. He quickened his pace and was soon trotting in a wide circle, while Zeb ran at his side and seemed to urge him on. When wearied by his exertion he sat down to rest, the children stood close behind him and felt his face with their hands and gave him the silent blessing of full confidence. For Dunmore there was a kind of magic in it all. Somehow it faced him about and set him thinking of new things. That elemental appeal of the little folk had been as the sunlight breaking through clouds and falling on the darkened earth. In his lonely heart springtime had returned. The children climbed upon his knees and he began a curious chant with closed eyes and trembling voice. THE FIRELIGHT FELL UPON HIS FACE WHILE HE CHANTED AS FOLLOWS. I HEAR THE VOICE OF LITTLE CHILDREN RINGING LIKE SILVER BELLS, AND THE GREAT BELLS ANSWER THEM, THEY THAT HANG IN THE HIGH TOWERS, THE DUSKY, MOLDERING TOWERS OF THE OLD TIME, OF HOPE AND LOVE AND FRIENDSHIP. THEY CALL ME IN THE SILENCE AND HAVE PUT A NEW SONG IN MY MOUTH so he went on singing this rough unmeasured song of the old time as if his heart were full and could not hold its peace he sang of childhood and youth and of joys half forgotten sinth stood waiting with the food in her hands before he finished he let the children go and began eating this is good said he and i feel like blessing every one of you Sometimes I think God looks out of the eyes of the hungry." After a moment he added, "'Strong, do you remember that song I wrote for you? It gives the signs of the season. I believe we called it the Song of the Venison Tree.'" The Emperor looked thoughtfully at the fire and in a moment began to sing. It is a curious fact that many who stammer can follow the rut of familiar music without betraying their infirmity." His tongue moved at an easy pace in the song of the venison tree. The busy cranes go back and forth a-plowing up the sky. The wild goose drag comes down the wind and goes a tearin' by. The songbirds sow their music in the blue fields over me and it seems to grow up into thoughts about the venison tree. The busy cranes go back and forth a-plowing up the sky. The wild goose drag comes down the wind and goes a tearin' by. The songbirds sow their music in the blue fields over me, and it seems to grow up into thoughts about the venison tree. The apple blossoms scatter down, a-scented summer snow and man and wind and cloud and sun have all begun to sow. The green hopes come a sproutin' up somewhere inside o' me, and it's time we ought to see the sprouts upon the venison tree. There's velvet on the willow, and there's velvet on the horn. There's new silk in the treetop and the tassel of the corn. The woods are trimmed for weddings, and we're all in Sunday clothes, and the bark upon the venison tree is redder than a rose the days are cold and smoky and the nights are growin cold the maples are a drippin blood the beeches drippin gold the briars are above my head the brakes above my knee and the bark is gettin kind of blue upon the venison tree here the singer whistled and drummed with his heels upon a log in imitation of the hurricane. Then he began to sing of the coming of winter. The white-haired man interrupted him. "'Tis inadequate," said he. "'Let me try to express the reaping of the north wind." Dunmore turned and spoke these lines, a frown suggesting the angry sky upon his brow a sound like that of the rising storm in his heavy voice. What makes the big trees shake and groan as if they all had sinned? Tis God Almighty's reaper with the horses of the wind. He will hitch with chains of lightning, he will urge with thunder call, he will try the rotten-hearted till they reel and break and fall. Now go on. Dunmore requested, as he resumed his chair, and Silas went on. The leaves are driftin' in the breeze, and gathered where they lie are the colors of the sunset and the smell of the windy sky. The squirrels whisk with loaded mouths, and stop and say to me, It's time to gather in the fruit upon the venison tree. What makes you look so anxious, and what makes you speak so low? "'It's cause I'm thinkin' o' the place where I'm goin' to go. "'This here I've been a-tinkerin' which lays across my knee "'is the axe that I'm a-usin' for to fell the venison tree. "'I've polished up the iron, and I've covered it with oil. "'It's bit is only half an inch, it's helve is half a mile.' The singer pursed his lips and blew in imitation of the startled deer whew what's that so pesky why it's kinda frightened me it's the wind a blowin through the top of the cute old venison tree as the emperor ceased dunmore turned quickly his black eyes glowing in the firelight raising his right hand above his head he chanted these lines the wilderness shall pass away like babylon of old and every tree shall go to build a thing of greater mould the chopper he shall fall to earth as fell the mighty tree and his timber shall be used to build a nobler man than he what do you mean by his t timber strong asked his character dunmore answered men are like trees some are hickory some are oak some are cedar some are only basswood some are strong beautiful generous some are small and sickly for want of air and sunlight some are as selfish and quarrelsome as a thorn tree every year we must draw energy out of the great breast of nature and put on a fresh ring of wood we must grow or die you know what comes to the rotten-hearted uh-huh said the hunter there's good timber enough in you and in that little book of yours dunmore went on if it's only milled with judgment some of it would stand planing and polishing there's enough my friend to make a mansion believe me it will not be lost strong looked very thoughtful he shook his head ain't nothin but but a woodpecker's drum he answered after a moment of silence he asked what'll become of the country without forests it will go the way of egypt and asia minor said the white-haired man they were thickly wooded in the day of their power now what are they desert wastes dunmore rose and filled his lungs and added as you say to me one day People are no better than the air they breathe. There's going to be nothing but cities, and slowly they will devour our substance. Indigestion, weakness, impotency, degeneration will follow. Strong, I'm already on the downward path. Half a day's walk has undone me. I'll get to bed and go home in the morning. End of chapter 26